This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. It was a disappointing result and a very frustrating second half in particular at Deepdale with Wilkie making the difference after decent spells in the first half for City. There were positives, however, with Ross McCrory making his debut with a 14-minute run-out plus injury time. Hayden Roberts returning on the bench and six shots on target. Lee's three words were inconsistency, strikes again. Uh, and his synopsis, it was another match where the first half we were on top, creating chances but not taking them, and largely looking untroubled by a poor Preston North End side. Second half changes made by the opponents. Uh, we don't appear to adapt to those changes, and roles end up being reversed, with the exception of them taking their chances. Again, subs proved ineffective, showing us there's still a lot of work to do to establish that consistency that all teams strive for. And Matt, as City fans, I think we've had to learn over the years to take the rough with the smooth. The reality is that life of a football fan is a series of peaks and troughs. 24 hours on now, though, and how are you feeling about yesterday's performance? Um, I think I said to you when I was driving back from, from Preston in the car, over the last 40 years, I, I don't know how many times I've watched City play away at Preston, but that game yesterday was probably like 95% of those games that I've watched. And it doesn't matter who's manager or head coach, doesn't matter what players we've got. I see the same performance season on in season eight. Um, I think probably after the West Ham performance last weekend, and the fact that, that Preston were in such a bad vein of form, um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the crowd and stuff, it was a game that was just there for the taking. And we just completely and utterly misread the script. Um, mm. It was as bad a performance as I've seen this season. Uh, I don't think Liam Manning, Chris Hogg and the coaching team reacted to um, Ryan Lowe's changes and the players on the pitch didn't. And then when you add in two horrendous goals, you just walked out thinking, that's Bristol City. You know, you go into a game on a real high, thinking with players back, maybe we'll start to challenge. And then you end up seeing one of the worst performances you've ever seen. So, yeah, well, right. not ever seen, but certainly this season. I'm uh, I'm frightened to ask you so now. So not a lot different, our, uh... if I'm honest with you, now on a Sunday <laughs> evening. <laughs> yeah, well, we are recording this half past seven on a Sunday evening. You were travelling back this morning. Um, but, uh, yeah, 24 yeah. hours and a bit of change added on. How are you out of 10? Probably a six, mate, um, because, I, yeah, I've got back. I've, I um, you know, wrote my column in, um, we're looking at the scores and stuff, and I'm, I'm probably a six because I'm just really, really deflated having had such a good week and looking forward to it, really, yesterday. I thought yeah. it was it was my friend Poppy, well, Rachel Andy's daughter Poppy, her first game at 19, 
for as long as I've been going out there, I've been sort of saying to her, you got to come to a game, got to come to a game. <laughs> and for her first ever football game, she gets to choose that. So oh, no. probably a bit of guilt in that six as well. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'll go seven. Uh, it was my, my dad's 75th birthday this weekend. So we had a bit of a party last night and um, out for lunch with the family today. I'm feeling feeling good on, on that regard. But obviously, yeah, the football does, does impact us. Um, so I think I would have been an eight, but uh, I'm a seven. Uh, let's bring in our guest, and that is Paul Binning. Paul, how are you out of 10, sir? Probably go a 7-2. I think the football, obviously, is a downer yesterday, but thankfully I didn't spend all day travelling up and uh, uh, all that time doing it. And I had a, uh, my, my son's team lost fairly heavily yesterday morning. My daughter's team lost fairly heavily this morning, and I'm still somehow a 7. We just actually had a quite nice chilled afternoon and just relaxed a bit and watched some traitors on TV and got a glass of wine in front of me as it's an evening recording. So it's, uh, yeah looking up a little bit more than it was 24 hours ago, maybe. Brilliant. Uh, good stuff. Uh, right, a little bit of admin before we get into uh, the, the the performance yesterday. I was in the pub Friday night and I thought, what if we ask the Bristol City Twitter following of Three Peeps in a Podcast on X, how many minutes do you think Ross McCrory will get? There was sort of rumours during the week and uh, Liam Manning's press conference on Thursday, he didn't say that he would be on the bench, but kind of nodding a wink to uh, towards the, the reporter asking the questions. Uh, so yeah, some people put zero, some people put more, uh, but the answer was 14, which excluded injury time. Um, so Fraser Rock, Milo Lucas and Richie Rich all said 14. So uh, I'm having some money can't buy three peeps beer mats made. So uh, that's going to be the prize. I'm holding it up now. Uh, Matt and uh, Paul can see that. So uh, yeah, having them made and uh, Fraser, Milo and Richie Rich will be the, the proud owners of those at some point in the near future. And also, Matt, I thought we could use them as prizes for our getting the average player rating right as well. So, um, yeah, yeah we if we have more than one, we'll have to do a, a sweepstake, a, a, a random prize draw, because I'll run out very quickly otherwise. Um, but yeah, yeah. yes, absolutely. Um, right. And and then another bit of admin, um, Andy Vyman, we assume that um, he will be leaving this week. Obviously, if he does, then, you know, we have to send him with our best wishes and, and completely understand the situation. But um, 51 goals in 216 games for Bristol City after signing in the summer of 2018. He burst onto the scene, scoring on his debut against Nottingham Forest. And despite a major injury, Andy returned in 21-22 to score 22 goals with 12 assists, which was a landmark season for him in his career. Add to that some memorable individual goals and two hat-tricks. Third most championship appearances ever for Bristol City, only beaten by Marvin Elliott and Liam Fontaine. Um, and one of only seven strikers in the last 40 years to achieve 20 or more league goals in one season. So if Andy leaves this week, he will have left a massive stamp on us as City fans and will go down as a City great. Uh, come to you, Paul, on that. Obviously, it's not uh, concrete yet, but Liam kind of intimated that it's in motion. Yeah, I think, in fact, he wasn't on the bench yesterday. He sort of put, put the uh, seal on it, didn't it? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, my initial reaction, I think the reaction of most fans I've seen on, on social media has been, he's done well for us, but it's probably the right time. I think it's it's clear he's not quite the same player that he was a year or two ago, um, whether that's just age or whether that's the injuries or a combination. And I'll be totally honest, we don't want to 
sour, I don't know about celebratory, know about a good player, but he was a player I looked at straight away when Liam Manning came in and went, is he, is he going to suit what he wants to do in terms of possession-based football? Because he can be a little loose with his passing and his touch. Um, he might run all day and he might press, but he can be a little loose. And I did wonder if he might not be a sort of player, but I think it makes you know, it makes a lot of sense for him. It'd be good for him to go and get another couple of years somewhere nearer to home, at a very good level, obviously. I mean, West Brom was it scored four yesterday, I think, four or five yesterday. So, you know, they're yeah. a team that's on the up. Um, but yeah, he's done a great job for us over the years. When you think about some of the players that we all like as our favourite strikers, and a lot of them have been at third tier level, League One or Division whatever it was at the time, you know, to score the goals he scored all at championship level, there's not many, if any, in the last sort of 40 years who have done that, I don't think. So, you know, I think you've got to put that perspective on it sometimes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, anything to add to that? No, I agree with everything Paul said. I mean, I think as a captain as well, he took his captain responsibilities very serious, very popular. Well, um, he was he was nominated the by the players, wasn't he, as captain? Exactly. Yeah, very popular mm. around the club you know, with staff, but also obviously with his colleagues. So I think he, he, you know, with the minutes he's getting this season is, is absolutely the right move from our point of view, but also from his, I mean, he's going to a team that are now uh, in the playoffs um, with the potential of going to the Premier League. So if he's able to get a, a, a deal that is, I don't know, even if it's 18 months rest this season and a year next season, he could very well be featuring in the Premier League next season. So, you know, great, great deal for him. Absolutely wish wish Andy Vyman the best of luck because um, he is a, a thoroughly nice guy. You know, we've been fortunate enough to have him on the podcast and he was really in engaging patch with that, really mm. open and honest, wasn't he? So, Absolutely. yeah, no, it's, um, he's a, a proper, proper servant and... Uh, It'd be nice to see his name up on that wall, won't it? For the yeah, goals. absolutely. I mean, it's it's still not one hundred percent, so he could no, could stay no, yeah. and um, yeah. could could become the highest in terms of championship appearances for Bristol City. But remains to be seen. Um, we'll we'll watch that this week, um, very closely. Um, as well as this week, Liam's almost intimated as well that uh, we may have a couple coming in the door in time for Watford, Paul. Scott Twine seems to have faded and come back and then faded and come back again. Um, what what else have you heard and can you can you tell us? Well, I have a jungle drum tonight from about an hour ago that we might get Twine on loan with an option to buy. So whether that's any reality or just someone stirring up again, I don't know. Which I think it's a bit of a strange one in a way because Manning knows him, but... Um, at least, I guess, that way we're not committing a substantial transfer fee up front unless he absolutely yeah, smashes the ground for us. Um, Charlie Cresswell, I think, was linked today, I saw somewhere. Lead centre-back, 20... I think it's Charlie Cresswell. It was. 21-year-old. Nationals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if, why we'd necessarily be looking at a centre-back unless we're concerned about Rob Atkinson's recovery, maybe, and Naismith's obviously out still. Um, I think the biggest concern today was this morning was the, the story about a campering to Rangers rumour, which is we certainly can't afford to lose him at the moment or mm. at any point, really. Um, so hopefully that is just a little bit of smoke and nothing more. Um, and we can hang on to him, certainly, at least until the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else from you, Matt? The, twi- the Twine one's interesting because I think um, Burnley played uh, paid McDonald's um, four million. Yeah, I think um, so. And I think they're going to want that back, you would imagine. Um, again, rumour is that they they want more than that. Uh, and I don't know that he's done anything since being at Burnley 
to warrant that. You know, they've not been playing him. They, I know he had an injury um, in his first season there, which I think was their promotion season. Mm. Oh, it must have been, wasn't it? But, um, and so I think asking for more than they paid seems a little bit rich. I do wonder if, if we, what Paul said, if it is a loan with a, a, a perm in mind, if that's going to be a Gardner Hickman type scenario um, where a deal, you know, and the terms are already in place and it's then, you know, our decision almost. That seems to be the way since under Mark Ashton, really, that we've operated, isn't it? That we like to get those those sort of deals in place and we know what we're going to be paying. But if it, if it is four million, I'm, I'm not seeing a four million player every time I've seen Scott Twine play against us. Um, you know, I'm not going to say I've watched every game he's played because I haven't, but against us, he's never been a player that I've thought, wow, I'd like him in the team. Um, dead, dead balls, yeah, but, you know, it's, I, yeah. I guess a di- a different players come into different teams, different managers, and you get a different yeah, tune. A man, so. a, a man in likes him, doesn't he? And, and, and he's got a tune out of him. So, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, the important thing for me is that we do get some signings in. I absolutely agree with Paul. Don't think we need a centre-half at all. For me, it's... Um, I'm not going to say it's a Will Keane player exactly, but that type, someone who, you know, has a bit of physicality and hold the ball up for me, um, and also a creative player. Um, and that might be where Twine fits in. So, but I think it's important, especially if Andy does go out, that we do get something over the line. Is that the same for you, Paul, in terms of personnel, positions, etc.? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of chatter, hasn't there, the last couple of weeks, whether we need a, a goal scorer or someone to put a, a goals in. I think... There's an argument to say we need a creative player to provide more chances. You know, we, we'll come on to one, I'm sure, tomorrow, but someone to slot a ball through for our striker to to run onto and score. We saw at West Ham he can do that. Um, but yeah, Naki Wells has been hit and miss from a goal scoring point of view, to be quite frank, hasn't he? Over, over three, four years now. Tommy's having an okay season, but a little bit off where he was last year, and a, half his goals have been penalties. So, yes, they're not getting much service, and not at all, to yeah. be honest. Um, but I don't know. I can't see us tight signing two, three players, but maybe if if Feynman goes and if maybe I don't know, Cornick's kind of the obvious one. Maybe to get shifted along if someone's interested, then maybe there are a couple of slots available and some, as you said earlier, on Feynman's wages, some some significant budget available as well. Actually, relatively significant for us. The Cornick point is a really good point in that we're not scoring goals. We're talking about needing a more physical presence, someone who's going to, you know hold the ball up, which is probably more Cornick than it is Tommy at the moment. And yet he's not really featuring any, and even in a really poor game yesterday, he only comes on in the last kind of knockings. I don't, I don't know why, but it always seems to be the final transfer, you know, day um, is when things happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as fans, we're constantly refreshing <laughs> our phones and social media. Um, and we may as well just wait until the final day to see what comes to find out it'd be nothing in the end. And that we tried for four or five and they didn't come off. Absolutely. Yeah. Two weeks to go with the transfer window. Um, right. To yesterday then. And that starting lineup, we were unchanged from the starting lineup at West Ham. So it was O'Leary, Tanner, Viner, Dickie, Pring. Williams and Gardner Hickman, and then Bell, Knight, and Mametti with Tommy Conway up top. But on the bench was the news. Uh, Andy Weinman not featuring, but uh, featuring were Bajic, McCrory, Roberts, James, Wells, Cornick, Knight, the Bell, 
and Andy King. So McCrory coming in, Paul. Um, it's been a long time coming. He played in one pre-season friendly in June, I think it was. Then he had this bacterial infection that caused quite a lot of conversation for the last six months. But he's on the bench and he's made an appearance. Yeah, great to see. And yeah, I think first and foremost, you got to feel dreadfully sorry for the lad who's had his... I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a dream move for anyone, but a big move, uh, you know, a big chance to make an impact at championship level and to have even something like that where you don't know. I guess, you know, if you do an ACL or you do a hamstring, at least you know what it is, you know what the the programme is. But to do something like that must be must be really unsettling for someone having moved home and moved into a new team. He probably doesn't know his teammates as well as he could or should or, you know, would have done if he'd been playing. But no, great to see him there. Great to see him. And, and it's an option we've all talked about desperately needing I think at some point if it's right wing back or if it's an extra sort of forward midfield player whatever it is he thinks he can play then um, you know it's something we we certainly need that option in the squad because as good as George Tan has been defensively at right back he's not an attacking player down that flank and we we do need that sometimes yeah and Matt Hayden Roberts coming back as well was probably even more of a, a shock for me uh, and we've seen bits and pieces of Hayden Roberts. We saw a really good performance against Oxford, I remember, where he was sort of yep. Cruyff turn and bombing down the wing. And I think he may be going to add an assist in that game as well. Uh, but yeah, we still need to see some more from Hayden Roberts and we may do in the near future. Yeah, um, that was the surprise. I think we all kind of, well, you you certainly expected from your, your tweet that McCrory <laughs> would be on the bench. I was a little bit not sure he might keep him for, for Tuesday or even for next week. But Roberts was very left field. I think um, we knew he was back on the grass and you could see that in some of the training videos. But I thought in the last interview from Liam Manning, it was he kind of more intimated that he was close, but I, I didn't expect it. So, no, it was great. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about McCrory's sort of um, contribution. Um, but getting him back, I think, is, um, is a big plus for us because it gives us a different way of playing. I actually think Roberts might even be an option to play on that left midfield side. Um, you know, Mimetti, he's still showing some good moments, but not enough consistency. Um, and Roberts gives you a bit of an option there to sort of be in front of campering. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right, let's get into the minutes then. So sixth minute, it's uh, Joe Williams being dominant in midfield, wins the ball, managed to scoop it to Taylor Gardner-Hickman, who breaks away, gets his shot in across the keeper who saves. Um, but Conway and Mametti both offering great options, Matt, in that particular move. Yeah, great, great play from from Joe Williams um, to break it up and, and play it in. in even at the time when I've subsequently watched it back, it just didn't feel like Taylor Gardner-Hickman, A, knew what he wanted to do with it, and B, didn't do it quickly enough. So as he was driving forward, he was a little bit not sure what to do. Tommy, I think as it developed, Tommy may have been offside, and so he had to be careful with his pass. Um, but I think he should have played that early. But then when he decides to take the shot on, he really needs to get the ball out in front of him and race onto it, because he's no slouch. And his shot is is just a comfortable save for, for Woodman in the goal. So, yeah, great opportunity. And and, and I think he, he really should have done better with it, I've got to be honest. Paul, we've seen these starts in the past where we, we come out firing on all cylinders, we get that chance, and very often we don't take the early shot. No, I think, from my point of view, it was good to see him bursting through. We haven't had too many central midfielders over the last few years who would burst through like that onto a ball. But, yeah, I think, as Matt said, he just... It never quite got out of his feet for me. He never quite got it in the right... As you say, not, 
probably I think you're probably right. He, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do, so he didn't put it in the right position. He didn't just sort of yeah. nudge it slightly to the right to clear some space. Or I think he could have put it to Tommy. I think the altar, the last touch, I think it was too close actually. They'd almost run into each other. And maybe yeah, right. yeah. that sort of skewed him off to the left a little bit as well with a shot. Um but yeah, really disappointing. Yeah, to to create a chance like that in, in perspective, a game and a ground we struggle at and against opponents we struggle at, then you you know that it's a totally different game. I know it sounds really really obvious, but it's a totally different game, isn't it? If we go one up with the way their crowd have been and the pressure on the manager and the lack of clean sheets and everything else, then you know you can't really see actually even as early as six minutes them coming back from that with all that on them. The, the atmosphere, Paul, was unlike anything I can really remember. Um, it, it felt to me very much, even early like that, that they, they're they not having low at all. Um, the no. vast majority of the fans want him out. How long has he um, been there, Matt? Two and a half seasons, maybe? Two-ish. Two yeah, yeah two-ish, something like that. Oh, I, think, wow, I can't think. Well, obviously, Schumacher took over from Plymouth. Um, in fact, thinking about it, Schumacher took over and got them promoted. Um so yeah, may, maybe yeah, two two and a bit. I know he was he was a name that we, we were touting. Mm. Um, so sort of some, person, wasn't it? yeah, yeah, su- surprised from that. But yeah, they 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 clearly have lost faith in him. And and I don't know if you saw, but over Christmas, um, I think it's Craig Phillips, their owner, um, and Peter Risdale sent an open letter to the fans, basically saying, "Look, we've put a lot of work in to a point." the man and get things how we want it behind the scenes and you know the, the structure etc from a coaching point of view can you trust us and back him um trust trust our judgment which you know that that really is the um you know the vote of confidence but they weren't having it and and yesterday whenever freddie woodman got the ball the goalkeeper if he didn't release it within seconds the crowd were on his back something chronic so yeah i, I it, I mean, it really was the proverbial library yesterday. You you right. just couldn't hear the home fans at all. Okay. Well, they came to life a little bit in the 19th minute. It was a chance for Preston. Max comes to get it and then retreats. And luckily, Osmagic, I think his name is, uh, attempts to lob Max, but the attempt was really poor, Paul. Um, he kind of skews it and it goes in the opposite direction. Lucky for us. Thankfully, yeah. Um, I thought, well, we'll come on to other issues, I guess, with Max, but I think... There's a concern me in that in that area. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic close range shot stopper. I don't mean, think any doubt about that. But some of his decision making and coming out and when to come, I think is not great at times. Um, he's got a wave a couple I can remember off the top of my head this season. Um, and yeah, I think he's a keeper. It's as a fan, we always say you've got to commit. You've got to commit. But then he's equally in his mind, he's thinking red card. So he doesn't want to commit and come out and clatter someone. Like people talked about Bowen last weekend. He's not going to come out because he could have easily clattered Bowen, given a penalty away and mm. been off in the biggest match of his career. So yeah. it's easy to say you got to commit, but I guess a bit more tricky in the absolute reality of uh, the situation. Um, yeah, yeah, a, a lucky escape. It, it, I didn't see, we didn't do a lot else today until maybe 40th minute or so. That was pretty much it for the half of them. Yeah, Matt, that, that particular move, uh, and and as Paul says, we we have seen it in the past from Max. Um, you know, for, for me, you should only be coming out if you're nailed on to get that ball. It's, yeah, and, and we have seen it a number of times where he's, you know, almost coming out on the touchline at times having to make headers and challenges. If, if you want your keeper to be a, 
you know, a um, sweeper keeper, a sweeper keeper. Obviously, they're going to have a high line. I mean, I, I was watching the Man United game and Onana almost had the ball on the halfway line at one stage today. Um, so I get that, but it's it's Paul's point around is the decision making as to when to do it. That one for me, Max got completely and utterly caught in no man's land. When you've got a ball and it's a race, fair enough. And if defender's not getting there, but I, and I don't know who it was that it was with um, the, the striker because whoever it was did make a bit of a challenge, which did kind of cause him to, to skew it off. But I immediately turned to Andy and said, I don't know what Max is doing there. He's completely in no man's land. And it looked a relatively straightforward chance. If you get a straight connection on it, it's probably in the back of the net. And sadly, that kind of comes back to haunt us a bit in the second half. But yeah, yeah, it was for me, it was a poor decision. 24th minute, it's a chance for Bell after a decent attack. And then from the TGH corner, it's Jason Knight steering it goalwards, right-footed, only for the keeper to push it over the bar. So another good opportunity, Paul, in the 24th minute. And Jason Knight keeps it down, bounces up, and the keeper tips it over. Yes. Looking back again at that one, I think, to be fair to me, I think he probably didn't couldn't do a lot else. It was slightly behind him. It was sort of... he did. He could have obviously just morried in the top corner, but I think I've been in a one in a one in twenty strike rather than a, a one in two. Um, but no, he did. Uh, yeah, he just tried to hook around the corner a little bit, didn't he? And it probably in, didn't actually do him a favour to bounce. It just gave him the keeper a bit more time to just react and uh, and clear it. But yeah, we were on top, weren't we? We were. It wasn't by any means the best quality first half, but we were in control of it. We had the possession. We had the better chances. We looked like the only team really likely to score and. But, yeah, as we say many times, and I'm sure every team in the country says many times, you've got to take those sort of chances when you're on top, especially away from home against, uh, you know, and against a team that's, as I said before, struggling, you know, could have killed the game off very quickly. Matt, it seems like Jason Knight is the number one target for set pieces and corners, and obviously Rob Dickey's in there. Uh, Is it because he's usually overmarked or what? But it seems to be Jason Knight who who gets on the end of many, most of the time with a header. Yeah, I mean, it's possibly down to his movement as well and sort of attacking an area. Um, I think certainly if you're um, if you're as good as he is in the air, as you say, they're going to expect Dickie to be the kind of main target. And a couple of times we do tend to go that little bit longer for Dickie to head it back across. But yeah, he's he's very good in the air for someone. I don't I don't know. How tall, I'd have to look really to see how tall Jason Knight is, but he's he's definitely not a six footer, is he? So. Um, you know, you, you, you're surprised at just how many times he wins the ball in the air. Um, and he, he he did have a couple of really good opportunities yesterday. But what I will, I will also say is it was probably his poorest game in a City shirt for me yesterday. 29th minute, Cam Pring crossed from the left, flicked on by Conway and Knight snatches at it a little bit, Matt, and it sails over the bar. So this was a ball in from, from Cam. Tommy doesn't really have a good opportunity to, to bring it down and... And Knight has a, an op, uh, has a, a choice to make as he sort of swivels and, and kind of goes off centre of the goal. And he, I think there was someone to lay it off to, uh, potentially Mehmeti, but he does shoot and, as I say, he snatches at it and it goes well over. He just isn't set properly. Um, you know, body shape and everything is 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 all wrong. Um, and it's, it's just surprising again just how often the ball magnates to him you know he, he he seems to be in the right place but yeah he's, he definitely didn't have his shooting boots on yesterday he's, good. he's very good anticipating that space isn't he, he is. yeah he's, but he really he's is. not he's not a natural forward and i think you know, we talked just now about we've talked earlier about is he the right person to play playing that role and 
he's probably all we've got at the moment, but he does show a little bit. He, he's, he's, I think he had one yesterday in the second half. He, he drags a lot of shots quite weakly, fairly weakly as yeah. well, when he's sort of shooting from outside the air. He's not, he's just not a quite a natural striker of the ball. And you see about, about his feet position and body position and everything else. He's, he tries his absolute hardest, but he's not, he's not as natural as a, obviously a Tommy Conway would be, but even yet someone like a Frank Lampard or Stephen Gerrard would be yeah. coming into that position from an advanced midfield role. And, and it goes back to, again, having the right um, depth in the squad and players to play in that, either as a, a two um, or in, in that kind of advanced. Well, I, I still don't I don't see him playing in a two. I know he's up there kind of at times, you know, supporting Tommy, but they're not they're not really for me playing as a, a strike partnership. Um, but I'd love to see Knight in the middle with that energy mm. and, mm. you know, alongside Joe Williams and TGH, whichever, you know, whichever way you're around it, um, and having someone else in either a striking role or in that 10. Um, because again, you're just not, you're not getting the best out of Jason Knight. And as brilliant as he's been for us this season, he would definitely be in discussions for player of the year if it finished today. Um, I still think we, we're not seeing anywhere near the best of him in his best position. Mm. 35th minute, it was a speculative shot on target from Mametti after a loose pass from Preston. Um, although he's getting a shot away there, Paul, I, I'd like to see Mamete have a little bit more belief in himself to just take it on a little bit more, show a little bit more pace to take the ball a little bit closer to goal and have a little bit more chance of scoring. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a lot we'd like to see Mamete do a bit differently. He's, he's clearly got a talent and a skill and he's got the potential to, to be a much better player than he is. But I think we're... I don't know, don't be too harsh, but I think we've seen a few times recently some of the reasons he wasn't playing under Nigel Pearson. And he's had a couple of good games and a couple of good moments, but I thought some of his decision-making yesterday was really poor. And that is yeah. a decision, a small decision in itself there, where, you know, do you shoot from there? Do you take it on? Um, there's, a, there's a little spell just after half-time where we were right under the cosh. And I think it came to him three times in about six minutes. On each occasion, he did the wrong thing and lost the ball. And you just, at that point, you've, you've got to have a bit more about you and know that you've got to hold on to that ball and relieve the pressure and just do something to take it into the corner, do whatever you want to do just to give that a break. And I, I think I just sort of summed up his game yesterday. He wasn't really on it. He didn't really impact the game. I wouldn't say particularly. And when he did have the ball, we got the ball quite a bit. But when he did have the ball, he didn't do the right thing with it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know I, who he reminds me of is, is Anthony from Man United. The, mm. You know, technically, very good players, probably not to the extent of step over, step over, step over, but they frustrate the hell out of you because you know that they've got ability, you know, yeah. and, and we saw in the early games under Liam Manning, Anis kind of, or once he got into the side, taking them on in, you know, wanting to go outside, just, he's just stopped doing it. And it's almost goes back to what Liam Manning keeps saying, I guess, but it's about being brave and, mm. you know, he was taking the safe option too often. 37th minute, it's a cross from Holmes, who I thought was quite dangerous. And uh, at one point, I think he, he had a real burst forward and, and looked dangerous. And uh, Sam Bell in the 18-yard box miskicks miss it, and it leads to a chance for Preston. But the shot from Miller and uh, Max saves well with his feet, Matt, on this occasion. Yeah, it came right across. Um, I think someone in front of Sam missed it and then it's Sam completely misses it and you're thinking oh my god this is and it was one of those moments you know I hate where they've made a mistake and it's all let's give everybody a high five because we've got away with it and don't worry about it pal. 
and I want someone saying, "What are you doing? You're not concentrating. Get your head in the game," sort of thing. Um, but it was good. it was a good save from Max with his legs. Yeah. yeah. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Okay, halftime summary from Rob, sponsored by Our Bespoke Quizzes. Follow him over on Facebook. We've been the better side, but yet to pose any consistent high level of threat, in all honesty. We probably need to look to be providing more positive options and supporting quicker in possession, as we've seemed light on numbers higher up the field at times. Any openings have been half ones at best so far. If we can crank it up another 10, 15%, the game is there to be won, particularly as the natives are clearly restless. We can definitely use that to our advantage in the second half. I've spotted Knight being pushed in the box on one more than one occasion, which should have been penalised, but as often the case, never does it as it seems dramatic enough. One final note is I've been really impressed with Max thus far, looking really assured, claiming a lot of crosses with no fuss and always to get us on the front foot with immediate distribution. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Rob's halftime summary. Um, and to be fair, Max Max did play well in the first half, apart from that, uh, should I come, should I go? Uh, I thought his distribution was great on a number of occasions in uh, the first half and some in the second half. He was throwing the ball, you know, Schmeichel-esque distance, Matt. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure it always found its target or or um, actually put us on the attacking front. I think a couple of them, we ended up having to defend it because it was very difficult for the, um, I don't know, it's probably Cam Pring to, to win the ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I say, other than really that one moment where he was caught in no man's land, it, it was a, a comfortable display from, from Max. But, I also have to say Preston didn't really offer an awful lot. Um, so defensively, I think it was a bit of a, a comfortable afternoon. We, then, were, we were comfortable at halftime, weren't we? Yeah, we, we were. Yeah. Quite a bit disappointed we it, hadn't taken that chance, but, yeah. you know. Exactly like Rob said, Paul, if yeah. 10, 10, 15% will we'll win the game. You, yeah. know, you did feel like that. And as, as I said, their fans, large portions of them booing when the whistle went at halftime. Mm, right. Well, 46 minutes and Max is at it again. It was a great save as the ball was destined for the top corner. Zach misjudged the ball forward. And then after a good pullback, it's a decent Cruyff turn and shot from Will Keane. And Max pulls off a save, um, Paul, uh, that was worthy of one of his best saves I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. He's, as I say, he's quite, I think he's good at those. We have to put a strong arm up. He's, he's He did it a couple of times against West Ham and the pundits afterwards mentioned it. He's, he, do, he does generally get a very strong arm to bows and pushes it away nicely, but it was great reactions. Um, but uh, but yeah, what a, what a warning shot across the bells there. We, we didn't really take heed of because as soon as Keane and um, was it Reese, wasn't it? Uh, Reese, that Jake, the Danish yeah. guy, Jacobson yeah. came on, they just looked like a different team. Um, and we didn't, yeah, that was our first warning after not very long. Yep, there was cool. another warning. 51st minute, Keane from point blank rage st steers it over after a corner. He was kind of unmarked, Matt, and he hooked the ball back across goal, but over. Yeah, it's one of those where he's kind of, again, on the swivel, trying to hook it um, the opposite side. Um, I think it's probably important to say, and we've obviously started it, but Ryan Lowe made those three attacking substitutions at halftime. 
Um, you know, you talked about Holmes patch. Um, he was withdrawn at halftime. Um, he brought on Keane, um, Reese, and yeah. is it Frocker Jensen, however you pronounce yeah. that. Um, but you know, he, he wasn't happy with what he saw. I saw reference or, or listened to Radio Bristol um, afterwards, and I don't know if it was a call or somebody had said about. Um, you know, Liam Manning not reacting to it. And Gary Owens said, well, he, he should have done because he could see the three of them stood there with yeah. the fourth official. Um, so if he felt that they were going to change shape, which they then did, he needed to get a message on. Um, and okay, the players should should pick that up. But Keane, right from the outset, was causing us problems. And Dickie and Viner had gone from being really comfortable Sunday stroll to then knowing they were in a game and actually being second best. Yeah, 53rd minute, Mehmeti has a shot, which needs a bit of bend, Paul. I think we've already spoke about Mehmeti. On this occasion, he cuts inside and has that shot, but his his shots always seem very straight. <laughs> yeah, he hits that kind of um, Ronaldo-style free kick, doesn't he? He sort of hits across the top of the ball and it dips, doesn't it? It dips viciously. Um, but yeah, you, you can't do that all the time when you're not aiming straight. But yeah, I, mean, I guess that was maybe a bit harsh on that one because it was at least an effort. That was one of the, the points I referenced earlier. We got to, you know, we got to do something about ball burn if a defence under pressure. And he, he did. I guess he did with a shot on that on that time. Um, it's, I think in terms of shape, I must admit I wasn't quite sure at any real point as to what shape we were playing. I think we sort of started with back four, but it was almost a three with Campring pushing up, and then you sort of had a. It's all like a an offset three 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 one almost in in a way with. And, and I, I, I say, even in the second half, I was trying to look, did he switch? I'm not, I'm not sure if he did or if it's just a case that Pring was being pushed back and Bell was being pushed back a bit by their forwards. But um, I don't know if that's our attempt at being fluid or trying to be reactive in the game. Um, but it just, it felt a little bit like very quickly in the second half, that completely unravelled and we weren't quite sure where we were supposed to be and what we were supposed to be doing in that back, well, four, five, six players at all. Matt, uh, what's your? I mean, we've spoken about formations at length in the last six weeks, but um, yeah, what's your what was your take on uh, on f- formation? I think I think it was a, a four, but I do think Pring was the one, as has been the case so often in recent games, that seems to have all the space, and there mm. are a number of times that that Zach got the ball, and the diag was on, and he went to cute with it rather than finding the space for Camden Ron to he went to cute um again without um you know I, I don't know what what players are told and what have you um but a couple of guys I were talking to again in the concourse yesterday it sounds a bit like the police squad and the shoeshine man um for all the younger listeners if you've never watched say, police police no squad idea fan, what you're on about. Have, you, have you never watched police squad Patch is that with um, Leslie Nielsen? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen Naked Gun, but not yeah. Well, the, so uh... Police Police Squad the series. Watch Police Squad the series. Okay, mate. Right. very I'll, good. I'll but there's a character on that, the Shoeshine Man, that they go to for all bits of information, and he kind of knows everything. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> and someone was saying to me that George Tanner is is told he can't go too far forward, and I I just really struggle to believe that. I, I really struggled it in the modern game. If the ball's on your side and you've got that opportunity to move forward, and that's where the space is, you're not, surely you're not going to turn around and play it back to someone else. I don't know. Maybe I'm 
being really naive. In well, that we'll, we'll find out soon if uh, Ross McCrory plays well, in that yeah, position and, but do and doesn't bomb that, on. I do think that Cam had the space of it, made it look like he was kind of going forward in, and George to the side. Absolutely agree with Paul again there. As the game developed, certainly when we made our substitutions, I didn't have a clue who was playing where. Um, I didn't know what the plan was in terms of, yes, keeping attacking players on, but I couldn't tell you really where Tommy, Naki were meant to be playing. In. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 56 minute. It was a really cynical professional foul from Will Keane on Jason Knight after he was away. Um, he's bursting forward really nicely. And yeah, Will Keane just does the classic, trips him up. Uh, from the from the free kick, uh, Paul, is Mehmeti with a shot on target. I mean, I was saying shoot, shoot, because usually we would see a cross from that. And he shoots, it's on target, mm. but the keeper is well-placed to just collect it nicely. Yeah, I think he, he took that as right foot, didn't he? He is primarily right foot of his shooting. I think the, the one thing I said to, because I said it was to my parents was, the keeper was the wall side, but I think because of the angle and because it was two right footers behind it and Taylor Garden Hitman and Mametti, he kind of knew if it was going to his right, he would have had time to get across the goal. And it was a very hard free kick, isn't it? To sort of put it across the wall into that far corner as a right footer. Be- Beckham esque, isn't it? I was going to say, yes. I'm not sure I can remember too many other players that do that, but it is that reverse into the. Yeah. It? yeah, so he kind of sort of knew where it was going, I think, and it helped him. So he was say he was a, he was the wall side and just plucked out. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly brilliant save. He was just yeah. there, wasn't he? It was. Um, yeah, yeah there's a chance, and and yeah, again, I guess you look back at what we said. Mametti actually had a bit of an influence, and he had two or three chances, and he had a couple of opportunities, and he was clear for the Gardner Hitman chance as well on the left hand side. So potentially, maybe I was a little bit harsh in my rating on him yesterday and how he thought he could play, but. But we didn't score. So well, ultimately, well, that's what they're there for. Yeah, Matt, and minutes later, it's been Metti pulling it back for TGH to shoot wide as well. Yeah, I I, I thought um, Anis was in the game, but I still mm. think that the, the, the quality wasn't there. You know, that free kick, the, the keeper's saving that all day long. It's not really troubling him. Um, I will add as well that Will Keane was fouled beforehand by Jason Knight. He um, was, yeah. Um, got away with it. So I think his challenge on night was as much born out of frustration as taking one for the team as such. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, it, it's, you've, you've got Taylor Gardner Hickman that we know is kind of our, a dead ball specialist. Let him have it and let, let's have a player who's good at it doing it. I'm not sure that Anis is. It may be that if Twine does come in, I've seen, certainly seen lots of footage of Twine with three kicks and, uh, I mean, he's, I, I'm sure he um, he hit one against the crossbar or, or post against us. And I don't know if that was for Hull or for for MK Dons, but he's definitely um, or Burnley maybe even. Yeah, it's Burnley away I think last season. Um, Older shot, but it's right. what we it's right. what we miss. It's what we miss. Yeah, yeah, winnish, winnish. Um, yeah. Right, 65th minute. It's the it's the goal for Preston. It's a ball over the top, flicked on by Tanner. Uh, Will Keane in between Dickie and Viner. Max comes flying out and Keane touches it past him um, and scores with ease, Paul, for 1-0. And a, a, a comedy of errors really leads to that goal and, and we're 1-0 down. Yeah, absolute. Well, it was an absolute mess, wasn't it? Um, I, I think my initial reaction was, you know, what the hell are you doing out there, Max? And I think I still stand by that. But actually, when you look back again and see what happened before that for the three or four seconds, you it was just we were again we were all over the place. You know, Tanner Tanner gets something on it, but it go you know heads it towards the goal, which you don't want to be doing. And 
we just don't react at all, do we? We just stand there and say, Will Will Keane came on and just looked, well, changed the game completely. Looked, you you can't, you've got to wonder why he wasn't starting when he plays like that when he comes on the pitch. Maybe a point to prove, but um, yeah, it's just, it was just poor around. We, we were very, I thought we were very stationary in the second half in defence. We stood and watched a lot of this going on around us and the second goal comes to that as well in a bit. But yeah, you know, we, we, this ball just looped up in the air and we just didn't seem to move. We didn't seem to work out where they needed to be. But a very poor decision from Max O'Leary to come and get nowhere near it, ultimately. Um, right. um, it was a covering defender. But it wasn't there to be won. It wasn't there to be slid into. So I'm not really quite sure what you thought he was doing, to be honest. Yeah. Matt, if you take the, the Max O'Leary coming out bit out of it, very similar to the to the West Ham goal on Sunday. Um, ball over the top. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, sure. I, mean, I, I think I think the the, the West Ham goal was a, a cracking ball from Paqueta in and it's Bowen's run that that kind of makes the goal and actually his touch, you know, to take it on the top of his foot and take it away from Max. Um, but that ball think, from I, deep that we've been done again by. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think the thing for me. It was. It, I'm not gonna say it was a hopeful punt. I do think he was trying to to, to land it on. I don't know if it was Reese's head or um, the other fellow. But as as Paul says, George George gets his header wrong. I mean, he's challenging it. He wins the header, but heads it inside and back towards goal. And I don't think he's doing that deliberately. I just think he's it's his 50p of a head in that instance. But Zach had gone to a challenge for it as well. And when he sees George going, he takes a few steps back and stops. Mm. And then at the same time, Kings <laughs> run off sort of Dickey or in front of Dickey. Um, but taking all of that really bad play out of it, if Max O'Leary has not come racing out of the box, Keane is not able to take a touch and then another touch to pass it into an empty net. If Max is on the penalty spot or, or in his six-yard box, Keane is not scoring that goal. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't do something different and still end up scoring, but Max makes Keane's mind up for me, and and that's where I apportion 65, 70% of the blame. I mean, this this was always the point. I started to really think about what formation we play, and I wonder if that doesn't help with the confusion because where the ball was being played from deep, if you're playing a conventional four, I'd have expected Tamman to be wider than that. Yeah, and Zach was the right centre back, almost where the ball landed. That's kind of your yeah. traditional layout, but he wasn't. And I just wonder if that was, you know, do we know what they're doing? Do we know where, you know, George Towns never really played as a centre back. Does he know if he's supposed to be inside or outside? And it, yeah, maybe it was just a moment in the match, but it did make me look and think, well, why, why is he that central? That why is he in there doing that? Yeah, and why is Zach gone as well? Yeah, yeah, good shame. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, 76 minute, we see the triple substitution. We see uh, Bell off, Wells on, Mametti off, McCrory on, and TGH off, and uh, Matty James on. Um, and Matt, I think we've covered this already. We couldn't really understand the the shape after that as, uh, as we lined up. I couldn't. Um, I mean, it seemed as though Tommy went, slightly more withdrawn he wasn't playing as you know the the central striker Mackie was if I had to um, guess it was 3-5-2 if anything I honestly don't know because it didn't feel like it was it was a two again with Tommy and maybe that was just because I was so miffed with what had gone before um and this disbelief really but yeah I you know I've heard Liam Manning say that he wanted to keep attackers and the goal scorers on the pitch great I haven't really got a problem with that 
Um, but you've got to adjust the shape to still give them opportunities. And that's what we're not doing. We are not creating enough good opportunities for whoever is playing up front. Uh, Paul, anything to add to that? And when, when McCrory no, came, up, shape, when shape McCrory when came on, I saw him do that, you know, yeah. put the old three fingers up to someone. Yeah. Which suggests we weren't playing it beforehand, which goes against the point I just made. But yeah, again, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I think, I don't want to bang on about it too much. I think we are probably playing a four, but in a very, I say, almost a lopsided way. I think that, yeah, maybe to your previous point, Matt, George, George is told not to get too far forward because he's almost... Yeah. Uh, almost the right centre-back, but not quite the right centre-back. So he's told to be a re- bit restrained. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was very much a definitive move to a three, wasn't it? He, he did say that, which, but we yeah. were sort of playing three before, but it was, I, I, think, I felt it was more like a three, four, two, one-ish yesterday with, uh, I think, Mameti and Knight in the first half a bit further forward. And then Cornick, was it, was it when Cornick came on? Yeah, no, Wells. Yeah, Cornick's 88 yeah. minutes. But I was, yeah, I really wasn't sure. I think we, we struggled to see any sort of shape and structure. Okay. Um, it, it does feel as well. Sorry, Patrick. It does feel as well as though we're having to kind of make McCraw is probably the, the the differential, but like for like subs, you know, it's it tended to be Tommy comes off and Naki comes on, and Sam Bell or Mike Sykes, Mike 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 Sykes, Mike Sykes. comes off. Yeah. January transfer. The other one. Signing. The other one goes on. So again, you know, you you want to. They made three substitutions and all three had an impact on the game. We didn't. Okay. See what I what I would have done yesterday. I would have brought Wells on, but taken not brought Matty James on. I would have dropped Knight back in and had that yeah. extra forward and yep. see what Knight could do in there, getting around. We were losing. We, what well, we'd lost midfield. We were all out of shape at the back. So I would have put some extra legs in there, which we know yeah. Matty James isn't. Maybe he was trying to be be a steady influence. I can argue that as well. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Matt, talking of Mike Sykes, we haven't heard much about his return date, have we? A couple of weeks, was it? Uh, Mike Sykes. Well, I think there's there's talk that it will be for Watford. So I think okay. um, Liam Manning said, or I've definitely heard it, um, that Tuesday is probably too soon. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, what Watford potentially. Okay. Uh, right. So we make the triple substitution, and the next minute it's two nil. It's Keane again. The ball's whipped him from the right from Reese Viner. Just doesn't seem aware that Keane is just behind him, um, and it's a tap in Paul for for Keane. Yeah, I thought. Well, again, poor Ryan. I thought Dicky was very slow again out to stop the cross. I don't. Quite, I can't remember where Campering was. Was he caught forward on the ball? I can't remember where he was. I there, think but... he was, and I don't know who the defender was. Did the ball was whipped around. I don't know if it was Dickie had come across. That was Dickie, yeah. It so was, Pring, was that right? Pring, yeah. was about, Pring was about five yards in front of him and yeah. Dickie was just, again, maybe then, like, but he, yeah, he gave him all the time in the world to cross. He could yeah. pick out his spot and yeah, Zach just, again, we all stopped. We just stopped and it was a, it was a well-taken goal to be fair, but it was far too easy to cross the ball in, get down the line and far too easy just to, to nip it past the keeper. Yeah, really just disappointing, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just Doesn't wa- come out for that one, but yeah. Just watching it back now. Yes, 16. That's Rob Dickey, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just nips in, nips in, gets his toe. And uh, 2-0 down. And at this point, you think we've only sort of 14 minutes, 15, 13 minutes plus injury time left. There's an outside chance that if we get a quick one, we can get back into it. But it just drifted after that. After that point, um, 80th minute, McCrory ball in from the right, works its way out to Matty James on the edge of the box. And he just takes a little bit too long to get his shot away, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, McCrory actually 
had a number of passes into him and he tried to kind of knock it around the corner and, and race onto it. And it, I, I didn't see where he played um, for the under 21s tonight. I don't know if he was playing as a, a, a traditional right back or a right wing back, but um, obviously he was pushed further forward. Um, but he, he showed an intent um, and was trying to kind of get beyond. But yeah, look, you know, if, if Andy Vyman is um is is going out the door I, I i genuinely don't expect to see matty james get a new contract in the summer um i think that will be some an area that they look at in terms of legs um you know and, and having that that energy in the midfield and and yeah i i just don't think that matty has that anymore it was a little bit too slow 86 minute it's praying making a deep cross from the left and jason knight who converts his try at goal, I've written here. Um, it did go quite spectacularly over that one, Paul. Yeah, I think a tired effort by them. But yeah, going back to the points we made earlier about getting yourself set in the right position. I think he was subbed off just after that, wasn't he? I don't know if that was uh, yep, Liam next... Manning's prompt to say he looks yeah. back at out there and he can't, he can't do it anymore. Yeah, but that was, a, that was a strange time to make the substitution for me still, uh, even if his legs had run. 88th minute, 89th minute, mm. it's Conway off and Cornick on and then Knight off and Andy King on and nothing to do with the, the personnel coming on. It's just you're chasing the game and to make a change in the 88th minute just seemed a little bit strange to me. My comment at home was I think he, the game's gone. He knows he knows the result's gone. He was just... I think just making sure we didn't get an injury, to be honest, at that okay. point. He, he would never admit yeah. that. I don't think it was six minutes left, but I suspect there's a bit of that in there. Yeah. No, anything else from you, Matt, on that? And Andy King's not going to get you the goal. Um, that he well, he scored done. late, test, so, didn't he? Really? I was going to say, if he hits the ball and scores a if, goal, <laughs> if it, that he would have done maybe 10 years ago, um, five years ago, that's unfair saying 10. Um, I, I wonder, and I've seen a, a really good article from James Piercy t- today, um, where he's sort of saying, is is the pressure of Knight being captain playing in that more attacking role and having that responsibility? Is that is that weighing on him? Um, and it's you know from from James's point of view, it's a, a journalistic question. We've heard um, that before. We've had that before with some. We, we players, have with a, num- and a number Palace, of maybe. Players. Yeah, yeah, and Callas, I think, mm. openly then admitted it himself that he struggled to to have those elements. He handed he handed it over, didn't he, to Dan Bennett? Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I kind of wonder whether I, I don't know how many games Zach played as captain, but Zach obviously was was given it a couple of times. But I do I do wonder for Jason. He's a, he's a, a young young man as well. Um, I hope not. And and again, it's just I just posed it because I'd, I'd seen James had questioned it. Um, but you do you do wonder you know it's it's a big responsibility isn't it and if he's if he's playing in a role that isn't a role he would normally play more attacking and and actually he seems to be the one getting the bulk of the chances in games and not taking them then that's going to play on him as well you know he's got that responsibility so yeah it's a it was an interesting point I thought right then um, after such a high average player rating on Sunday uh, where are we now Matt with the player ratings. I'll, again, you, you you can the the debate and the one the one I was a little bit unsure of was Max, um, because I thought he did make a couple of good saves, but I also felt it was just such a massive massive error, mm. um, and did have such an impact on the game. Um, what was and the range? The one... What was the range first? Sorry, of, yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. So as, we, as a very well structured podcast. 
Very um, well structured, yeah. Yeah. So we've got um Andreas, I don't think that's Vyman, um, four point seven, um, up to Ian Ratcliffe at six point two, lots of five point twos, five point fives. Um, but the average for all of those that had um taken the time was five point three four. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um and it's it's a quick one for me really tonight because I gave everybody a five aside from Joe Williams, who got a six and man of the match. Um and it was a six man of the match from a performance from Joe that wasn't at the levels that Joe had been playing at of late, but he was probably the pick of the bunch for me. Um there's arguments to say could Pring have been a six, but actually I didn't think provided too much. And again, you know, we, we got caught with that on the left-hand side and then similarly with Anis, but the rest of them for me, none, none of them were fours. No one had absolute howling games, but in terms of what I would expect and the way that these players have been performing, none of the others were at the six that I would expect from that, that their levels that they've set. The likes of Zach and Rob have been brilliant, but they were way below that yesterday. So, mm. um, if, yeah, we can we can debate any, but I've like I said, I've gone fives for all of them apart from Joe with a six. Paul, any uh, challenges from you? For me, Joe Williams did stand out as the man of the match. Uh, I just yeah. love it how he's how he's breaking the play down, winning the ball more often than not, winning the ball. Um, and you know that that chance in the first minute it was all because of him, and and there were several others that were because of him as well. Yeah, I probably had Cam as a six, just about I thought, but just. Um... I don't know what you're saying about Jason. It probably was his, one of his poorer games, but he still was the one getting in position and got into it. And I guess a bit like Mehmet, he got in at least in the position to get two or three shots away. Um, now I think I, I can't remember what I put in. Now. I think I'm about like five point three or something, but it was it was low. Interesting. I know it's one of these sites that does all the stats like Sofa Score. Yeah, and I know sometimes we have a great performance and none of our players are in the team of a week and everyone moans yeah, yeah. about it. Have a guess what their average rating was for our eleven starters yesterday. What do you think it might have been? It depends because we, I mean, we do <laughs> six as an expected performance and an expected yeah, performance that. for us is not maybe what uh, someone who doesn't watch it. Every I'd week say it was week. surprising. They, they, so it's probably a seven plus, but. So they have, they have a seven and green in their rating. So seven is their, 6.8 was their average. Was it? Yeah. And they had five players over seven, which when I looked at it, I was like, what? Yeah. But it, there was obviously something there we're doing, whether it's what we want to see. Or yeah. Well, their, their, their seven the is probably. First half. Yeah, their seven is probably our six, I reckon. To be fair, I mean, James obviously does his ratings and um, he, he gets a little bit of stick at times and he's, he's certainly more generous. Well, he's, than he's doing it literally minutes after the final exactly whistle that. as well. Yeah, exactly that. And he's certainly more generous than I than I normally am. Um, mm. But James went six for Max, five for George, Zach, Rob, five yeah. for Cam, six for Joe. He went six for Taylor Gardner-Hickman, which I, I don't agree with James. Um, a five for Sam, a six for Jason, and a six for Mimetti and Tommy. Um, I think Tommy worked hard. I wouldn't question that at all. But you know, he didn't. He just didn't really have anything. So, so probably James is kind of saying what what Paul said there. That probably Cam and Anis and and maybe Jason Knight were mm. were sixes rather than fives. Bear in mind, obviously, I, when I did this, I when I thought about it, it was um, driving back today, and I was still miffed. So, um, <laughs> yeah. What so, about so, uh, the average? We'll what, see what was the average, yeah. Well, what what are you going? So if, if Paul's going six for Cam, um, Jason and Anis, are you going five or are you going six? I think I was sold on all your fives bar Joe Williams. Um, okay. 
So on honest. that on that basis, five point zero nine, which is the second lowest this season. Um, with the lowest, and I must have been in a really foul mood. And whoever we had as guests <laughs> on this, but the Bir- the Birmingham home Birmingham. defeat, yeah, was four point seven three. Um, wow. with, with Nige getting a four. So that was a really bad day. <laughs> uh, and there were quite a few fours that day. Ironically, Cam Pring being one of them. Um, and Rob Dickey. Um, what about I can't even... uh, Liam? And Joe Williams, yeah. Liam's got to be a five as well. It just wasn't... He didn't... For me, he didn't react enough. And I... I, I In the same way as I really like Nigel Pearson, and I did, there were bits of what... The way that Nigel was in the media, and he mellowed, and things like that. And... You know, I, I think there were bits of, of Nigel Pearson's reign that I really liked um, and as a person really liked him. Um, but nobody, nobody, no Bristol City fan can honestly look in the mirror and say the football we've played under Nigel Pearson for the last two and a half seasons has been scintillating really good football. Um, there have been games and moments, but, you know, we, we've finished where we finished. No, no arguments about what he's done behind the scenes, wages, players, and, and all of that. Um, the thing with Liam Manning for me at the moment, I'm starting to get a little bit bored is too strong a word, but when I was driving back, and I, I so I deliberately saved the Radio Bristol hour post-show afterwards, um, and I could have almost told you that Liam Manning was going to talk about the control that we had, the behaviours, and the bravery. And I'm I'm starting to get a bit bored of that now. I want to I want to hear something different. And if they're not being brave, then I don't want him doing a Troy Deeney. And I don't know if you've listened to that, but it's definitely worth a listen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean Troy Deeney absolutely calls some of his players out. It's, it's, it's yeah, thrown under the bus. I mean it's 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 probably as bad Paul as I've ever heard any manager almost. Yeah. I mean, well, worse than Joey Barton on Luke Thomas or whoever it was. It's probably right up there. Yeah, I mean, really? it calls, really it calls, as bad as that. Was it, who's the owner manager in uh, non, in South London somewhere? Who he, he did a something a few oh, months yeah, ago. Oh yeah, the door, the door key yeah, door, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is pretty. Um, you know, yeah, he's 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 pretty on there. But yeah, I just I just think with Liam, he he just needs to be a little bit careful with that because to keep saying the same things about well, if if they're not being brave enough. What is it that's stopping them doing that? And why are we not then addressing it? You know, it's, um, like, yeah. Do you I think, think if he has, if he had more players in his arsenal to choose from that he would see if someone's not brave enough for three consecutive games, then they'll get dropped? Yeah, potentially. Um, and again, you know, talking to, to, to people, there was, I've, and I've said this on the pod about Taylor, um, you know, a couple of people saying yesterday that they've, they've heard from, from sort of people that Taylor's not, doing what he wants him to do um, and needs to kind of be aware of that. And you do, you know, you do kind of think, well, there must be something in some of this. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's very easy to, to to sort of say these aren't his players and that's absolutely true. But every new manager that comes into a club, the players that are there aren't his players. And he's mm-hmm. got to work with what he's got and get the best out of what he's got. Mm-hmm. He's trying to change the way we play and has he got the players to be able to do that in all of those games? And for mm. me, you know, we've played against Millwall, Birmingham, Preston, three very, very similar teams in the way that they set up against us. And we've not broken them down. We've not scored against them. Three of the poorest teams in the division, um, probably with the exception of Millwall, that's maybe a bit harsh, but certainly built Birmingham and Preston at the moment 
mm. are really, really poor, and we've not we've not really laid really a glove on them. No, yeah, it, yeah. I think what worried me yesterday about his was it was the lack of reaction. I think it's been pointed to by a lot, and even in his interview afterwards, I heard him say like, "We didn't react. We didn't do this." I was like, "Well, neither did you, pal." No, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to sound horrible to him. Like, you've yeah, got to yeah, give him yeah. a chance. You've got to give him time, but. We said we played three consecutive matches against similar low block teams, and we haven't done anything really different at all to try yeah. and find a way around that. And then it seemed like yesterday, as soon as they went a bit more direct, we didn't really have a clue what to do. And I, yeah. I felt he, I felt he showed a bit of naivety yesterday, maybe in his post match and in the way he handled the second half. Um, I've seen some people saying, "Oh, he's a League One manager. What do you expect?" Which is a, a sort of nonsense throwaway statement for me. It's like, you know, yeah. So was Kieran McKenna last year, and Jason Knight was a League One player. I don't mean you don't want them in this division, but mm, yeah. he, he did show, I thought, a little bit of just... It was almost as if he felt this the way we're set up is right, so it's going to work. And it didn't, and it wasn't, and we could see it before our eyes. But I, think, I think that's the most frustrating you get as a fan, isn't it? When, you, when you're all in the same spot, and you know, however 600 of you went up yesterday, Matt, and sort of all, probably all saying exactly the same thing on that on the seats for terrace for seats you know we've we got to change this we've got to switch it around we've got to handle key we've got to deal with that winger and we didn't do it and you think well surely yeah. the manager can see that surely the the array of coaches we've got can see something down there why aren't we changing something to it's, deal with it and it is funny because you're in the stands and I, and I can't think of his name i'll have to look it up but the lad who played on the wing for them that scored against leeds um but he's one of those that when he got the ball he would come inside yeah. And we allowed him to do it time and Miller? time again. Uh, it might have been Miller, yeah, the the guy with the um, the blonde hair. But we allowed him to come inside all the time, and it, and it was like shouting it, George, send him on the outside. Like he's he's got probably the way that they would say about Anis, but yeah, just just frustrating. And and I'm not, mm. you know, I'm I'm not going into meltdown. Um, and I, I've got, you know, I've, I've stopped going on the forums because I keep saying it. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And, and whether you agree with what I say, disagree, that's fine. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But when I start seeing polls about Lansdowne's out again, um, because we've lost to Preston, it just makes me, and, I, you know, again, it would be that whole thing around, oh, yeah, but because we're the official club podcast and we never say anything bad about the club. I'll say things bad about it if I if I feel I don't want the Lansdowne's to leave because I saw Reading fans yesterday. Mm. I was at lunch and stayed the night at a mate who's a Wigan fan, and I know what happened when they sold their club to a Chinese owner. So yeah, actually, I probably am 53, 54 years of age this year. I'm not risk averse, so maybe that's part of it. But come on, you know, let's let's also keep it in a bit of reality. And you saw immediately posts going up, and it's like, hang on, these these are the same players. That last Sunday night, we were all talking about being world beaters and how brilliant we played against West Ham. Now they're all absolute rubbish and destined to finish, you know, scraping relegation. So, and if you look but at that's the, football, isn't it? And yeah, a lot of talk about Pearson, obviously. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll always say I thought there's a wrong timing of a decision, but it happened for various reasons. Yeah. But you look at our last, well, two of the last three games, we didn't exactly pull up trees against Preston and Birmingham earlier in the season when we played them. We yeah. were awful in both those yeah. games. So, and, and you're, you're right, Paul, about, um, and I think even even the Lansdowne's will admit that they didn't handle that very well at all. Um, and I was on Radio Bristol outside of Cardiff Stadium um, saying, I would not be sacking Nigel Pearson at the moment because from an injury point of view, it's dreadful. But that's me just looking at it purely from a football point of view. You know, we've all seen how incapacitated Nigel was. 
So he, he absolutely couldn't be doing what he probably wanted to do day in, day out. So there are other things that come into play with those decisions. But you're, you're absolutely right. It almost feels as though we've, you know, we, we were talking about a manager that had us playing, you know, scintillating football and challenging for the playoffs. Um, but I still go back to it. I wouldn't have sacked him at the time. But I am now fully behind Liam Manning. Um, and I want us to, I do want us to play that possession-based football. And hopefully, if we can get, a couple of transfers in now and then in the summer he can do what he wants to do in terms of reshaping i'm pretty sure at oxford didn't he have a turnover of something like 15 players mm -hmm. in the summer of so you know may, maybe there's an element of that as well but he's got to be given time hasn't he yeah and i think if you're a pattern tactical based manager like he seems to be you know pattern yeah. seems to be the key buzzword yeah. you can't do that with wrong players I mean, yeah, yeah. Right, what, what, I'm not going to go tactically into what Wayne Rooney did, but he was brought in to play attacking football with a load of players who just aren't capable of doing that in the same way, yeah. and it failed miserably. I, I think my concern, I, the, the issue I think Liam Manning's got is the pedestal that he's always been put on by the club, and not yeah. even maybe him so much, but the famous "we've got a top six squad" comment. I mean, we haven't, have we? We're, we're I wouldn't say we're nowhere near, but we're not a top six squad. We might be a top ten squad if, with a. It, if you look Fair at the, the top six teams, we're a million yeah. miles away from those in terms of a squad, aren't we? A yeah. million miles. And with a bit of luck and a good sign, you might you might scrape six plays like any one of ten teams might, but we're not a top six squad. No. But see, it seems like Fandor was expecting he's going to come in and be this messiah they've made him out to be and get us in the top six. Well, if we wanted that, we should have gone and got Mowbray or even arguably someone like a Gary Rowell or someone who's going yeah. to get results instantly. But we didn't want that, quite rightly. Yep. We wanted someone who's going to build and build in a particular way. But I think the some of the insinuations at the time are causing him a bit of the issue now is that fans are expecting us to be up the league, and some yeah. fans are, because that's what we were told. Yeah. Two months in now, Matt, two months into to Liam Manning's tenure. Yep. Uh, and I think it's now one, four, drawn three, lost five. But um, a, a mixture of games in there. Uh, and someone's put the the next few games coming up. Obviously, West Ham and Watford um, are the, are the next two. Yeah, and yeah, then cough. and then the they come thick and fast after that. If we if we get through in the next to the next round of the FA Cup, I think it's another Christmas get Christmas three games in nine days or something. So it's uh it, it's relentless. It is, and and I, I I do think you know the QPR's first game was was pretty dour, and again it wasn't wasn't great. Win against Borough little bit fortunate but you know the losses against Southampton Norwich Southampton we were well in it played some brilliant football in that first half brilliant yeah. football um Norwich how we didn't get a point let alone lose the game I'll never understand um it's it's really for me the last mm. three games the Birmingham a team that again so low on confidence knew that Wayne Rooney was likely to be sacked at any stage mm. um you know, the performance there, the Millwall performance was dreadful. Um, and then, and yesterday. So that's the one I, I would have absolutely, and I, I still would, I'll, I'll take going out on Tuesday night to win in against Watford and Coventry. Um, because, you know, yes, we're, we're likely to make some money. How much further would we go? Um, who knows? And it, it, would, it would be nice to get, you know, to the quarters again, because it's been so bloody long since, like 50 years. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I want to see us improving in the league and, and being more consistent. And that goes back to Paul's point about quality. When you've got quality, the consistency is there more, isn't it? So, is it, Do you think Paul is coming down to a bit of uh, 
pressure in the league versus that free hit in inverted commas from Sunday's game. Go out and express yourselves. And on Tuesday night, go out and express yourselves. You're on TV. You know, it's not the league. There's almost like a little bit of a, a license to, to throw. Yeah, I did think yesterday, maybe, you know, just like all the fans, we were all, you know, massively excited, all went to London in our thousands last weekend. And what was it yesterday? 600 odds. So, you know, the players must feel a little bit of that as well. And I know it's easy to say it's their job, they've got to get on with it, but there must have been a, a little bit of that, I think. Um, I suspect the performance on Tuesday will be very different. I, I think that it just, even if we lose, it will be a very different performance. I think it'll be, you know, we'll be positive and up for it and, and flying in. Um, I, it's fine margins, isn't it? If you think about the Mehmeti header at Birmingham and uh, Taylor Gardner Hitman chance yesterday, sliding doors moments, you put both of those in and those two games against those two struggling teams, there's a very, well, I'd say a pretty high chance we'd have at least got a point, if not won both those games. You're suddenly yeah. eight from the table and everyone's thinking it's hunky-dory again and oh, one signing and one yeah. make the playoffs. <laughs> and, you know, we've come out of those games with, with nothing and it, it looks awful suddenly to sell in some mind. But, yeah. That's football, uh, yeah, though, isn't it? That is football. It is, it is and, so. and it's results. It's the results, mm. isn't it? And, and don't get me wrong, I, I don't want to be watching... Um, Wimbledon from the 80s um, week in week out getting wins but you know the football that you were watching wasn't great I don't want that um, but you know you you do want to see your team doing well and 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 picking up the wins when they really should be picking up the wins and that was a game yesterday we should not have been coming away from Preston yesterday with nothing it just it's it really was scandalous that we put in that sort of performance and uh, Andy as we were walking out said to me do you think that's because they're sort of, you know, thinking about Tuesday night in front of the cameras? And I went, I, I honestly, you know, I, that gets said so often. I can't believe as a professional footballer, anybody would think that. May, maybe if it's, you know, the week before a final, you might do, but not, you know, an, a, a, a third round replay against West Ham. So, well, I did see apparently we lost 2 0 at Imtonots County just before we went to Anfield. I saw someone oh, on Twitter today. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> An awful performance. Well, so. There you go then. So maybe that's the uh, writings on the wall, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, talking of talking of Anfield, uh, Saturday Watford game. Uh, we're going to reunite some of the Liverpool uh, 94 team. So uh, looking forward. To, to that um, so returning to Ashton Gate just in case you haven't seen it uh, Leroy Rossinia Russell Osman Keith Welch Rob Edwards Mark Shell Martin Scott Glenn Pennyfather Wayne Allison and obviously Brian Tinian um, so take to your seats at 2.45 and there'll be a, a pitch parade um, where we can welcome back some of the the heroes from those three games Paul mm. yeah it's good memories absolutely went to all three um, yeah just just it becomes a part of your history, doesn't it? That iconic shirt, the you know, the celebrate. Yeah. I've got on a mug actually. I think Brian Tinian scoring that goal is on one of those <laughs> mugs you get from uh, one of the merch sites. But again, that that is that's being a Bristol City fan, isn't it? And you know, I'll, I'll say from the blue side as well. I mean, they've with the greatest respect, then they they've had you know probably less great moments than us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, actually, I'm saying that you know they they'll always have um, twirling, won't they? But mm-hmm. it. it I, I would. I'm sitting here today. I'm glad I was born in Bristol. And I'm a Bristol City fan, as opposed to being an Arsenal fan, a Liverpool fan, a Tottenham fan, where there's those expectations for us. It's kind of 
I, I long, I long for the day, and I, I, I really hope in my lifetime it does come, but the day that we get to the Premier League will be the most amazing day because of how long we've waited for it, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, so can't wait. It's, I'm sure I've seen today as well that, that JP is on comms for the, the BBC on Tuesday, which will be absolutely mm. fabulous. So yeah. he can get as many Bristol City references in that he needs. Not, that we'll, not that we'll be listening to it, but there we go. No, true. Yeah, um, true. Right, well, let's roll on to Wednesday. Uh, sorry, Tuesday then. Yeah. And um, Wednesday podcast, uh, I guess we'll be back then. But um, for now, uh, thank you very much, as always, for, for Paul, for joining us. Yeah, um, it's great value, Paul. Thank you, mate. And uh, yeah, so it's a, a a late night podcast this one compared to our usual Sunday morning. Um, so I must admit I do feel a little bit jaded and very tired now. And we'll end it there. But uh, thank you, Matt, and uh, cheers, Paul. And we'll be back on Wednesday. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us over on thank Twitter you. at three p i a p c. Um, Matt, is there anything final? You look like you're about to say something. No, just just thank you to all our listeners, and yet yeah, um, speak to you uh, or hear from us all again on Wednesday. Yeah, love stuff. Cheers, all. Take care. Take care all.